What's up, everyone, and welcome to the Raise the Geek podcast, where geek is all we speak. This week, we talk all about Sweet Tooth episode five and six as our coverage of that show keeps rolling on and our thoughts on E3 2021. And by we, I mean Chris. And Don. Let's go. All right, we're back for, what is this, episode 14 of Raise the Geek Podcast. What's going on, Don? We're recording on a Sunday. How's your Sunday going? Father's Day Sunday. How's it going, man? Sunday is going well. Happy Father's Day to all the fathers out there. We're just, uh, yeah, here to record, uh, usually on Saturdays, but I had a little gathering going on yesterday with some friends, finally getting some people over to the house for the first time in geez a, over a year it's a, a I, guess, party. I, I guess a little little party with a couple of little children in in uh attendance my sister's child and a friend of ours they have a kid around the same age so some kids around but a couple other adults just having some cooking out having some good time outside it feels like back to normal a little bit uh we're finally getting back to life like we remembered it in 2019 and a little some familiar feelings. So that was fun, but I'm, I'm glad to be uh, able to record now Sunday with you, our podcast episode 14. Got a lot of good stuff in this one. So yeah, I'm excited. Yeah, definitely. get ready to sit back and relax because we got a long list of things to talk about and lots of, lots of thoughts. So I'm excited to hear more of your opinions on things Don. but yeah, it's been nice. kind of a lazy Sunday running errands. I still got another half of errands I got to run. I got to go to Home Depot, you know, good old Sunday Home Depot run. Oh yeah. What would what would a weekend be without Home Depot? What do you got to get? What do you I want I want to get a uh, shop vac um attachments for the car. I got dog okay. hair. My car is covered in dog hair and like regular <laughs> vacuums don't get it, but I have this the huge like 15 amp or whatever, big massive shop vac that'll just like pull your skin off your bones and Yeah. I wanted to get a car kit for it. I figured that's got to get all that dog hair out, but you need those brushes to really like pull it out. So I wanted to go get one of those so I can clean up my car properly. Adult adult responsibilities, getting the dog hair out, out of your car. Got to go to Home Depot for it. That's funny. Yep. So I wanted to get uh, a, a shop vac kit. I've been delaying it forever and I was kind of deciding to pull the trigger today. So we'll see. Sure. I, we'll see if I do it because I came home instead of going to get it to do this. So <laughs> Right. Priorities, my man. Priorities. Just order it off of Amazon. I'm sure they have send it right to your house. Yeah, I know, but sometimes I don't want to wait the two days. Or sometimes I just want it now. Yeah. And I was gonna order I was I was gonna order a um what are they called? Weed whacker. Cause I need a new weed whacker. Still don't have one and it annoys me that I don't when I mow the lawn, but then I still got all this like long grass in the corners that I can't reach. Yeah. And uh so I was going to order a weed whacker off of whatever Amazon or something, but I was like, you know what? I really need to go in and see it. Sometimes you just need to actually look and hold the thing and see exactly how it looks in real life before you own it. That's the one problem I have with ordering everything off Amazon. You can't order everything off of Amazon. Like some things you need to see with your own eyes. I feel with you your agree own. with that. Oh yeah. <laughs> and yeah. speaking of adult yeah. things, okay. of buying a weed whacker is definitely an adult thing. You don't, yeah. you don't want no weed whacker when you're young. <laughs> you don't want no weed, weed whacker. <laughs> like, Why do I got to do this, Dan? 
right? This is stupid. And then you're like, oh, dad was right. Happy Father's Day, dads. You were right. You were right. I need a weed whacker. I got one at Harbor Freight for 30 bucks. And oh, nice. Not too bad. My dad told me to go buy it. He said, Harbor Freight's got a good one. It's a, it's a corded one, but he said it's got good power and it works real nice. And he was like, it's 30 bucks. Why not? And I've been using that one for like two years now. I'm ready. I think I want a battery operated one again, like a yeah, nice yeah. battery operated one that'll really get through my grasp. But we'll see if I pull the trigger, if I keep using my Harbor Freight one. Harbor Freight's yeah. awesome. Hey, if it's 30 bucks and it works, it's win for you with the score. Right. Right. Yeah. So we'll see how that all shakes out, man. You watching? You watching Rick and Morty tonight? Ooh, Rick and Morty, one of my favorites. I am definitely watching Rick and Morty. Uh, I've been waiting a while for it. That show is just for those who've seen it. It's just like a combination. It combines like sci-fi fun and it's smart and it's um, you know dialogue and writing. Well, like super funny at the same time. So it's like got a little bit of everything. Yeah. Super so, raunchy, yeah, super oh, yeah. vulgar, like, super smart. All, all that stuff, man. It's like Adult Swim's shining gem of a show they have yeah. going for themselves. Like, uh, I remember when before I even watched that show, there was like hype around it, but I didn't know what it was. I was just like, why is everyone so excited? What is this Rick and Morty? Is this like Adventure Time or one of these, just another one of these? But then you sit and watch it like, oh, this show's like, legit legit good Mm -hmm. so yeah i think season five starts tonight and i'm definitely gonna be watching what about you i don't have tv oh yeah i can't watch it because it's on adult swim on the cartoon network and without some kind of cable subscription which i do not have i cannot watch it i was hoping for the you know next day on hulu or next day on hbo since both Uh of them have the entire first four seasons and that's how i've watched them so I was kind of hoping to be able to back into that, but so far. You haven't heard anything? No, I was even looking today when I realized the premiere was tonight. I was looking today to see if I could backdoor it, you know, or see if they made any announcements and everything. It said HBO and Hulu have both been quiet. I'm like, no, don't be quiet. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully it's like a surprise <laughs> thing where it just shows up tomorrow. Yeah. Somebody speak up, please. I don't know. Yeah. I might have to, you know, like buy the season on Amazon or something. Yeah, that's always another possibility. But uh, I mean, there'll be, you know, there'll be ways for you to watch it eventually, just maybe not when it's immediately fresh new, mm-hmm. but it'll come to those services, I'm sure. I'll see but, it at uh, some point. Yeah, definitely. I'm off did, you ever watch, huh? did you ever watch Solar Opposites on it, Hulu? No, I didn't. I didn't want to check it's, that one out. It's uh, Justin Roiland his other show and if you watch it the animation is like exactly like rick and morty so you can tell it's like his thing but you know rick and morty is justin roiland and dan Harmon together and that show is like justin roiland only so i've only got i didn't even get through solar opposites i know they have a second season now i didn't even get through season one because it's not as good like i'm like man it's not as good is this because like you need Royland and Harmon like made such beautiful music together? That's what makes Rick and Morty so good. Like I, I commend Justin Roiland for going out and be like, well, I want to kind of do my own show too. And like, you know, just kind of by myself, but I don't know if you ever watch it, tell me what you think it's there. It's got its funny moments, but it's definitely not on the same level as Rick and Morty. Dan Harmon just has that cause he did community as well. And he just has that like meta yeah comedy timing like just perfectly and the way that he's able to uh 
do homages to things and parodies of things and just the way that he thinks is just next level of just who thinks of this stuff and it's like you couldn't watch community and that whole series just constantly kept coming back to where they had entire episodes about pillow fight wars and they had laser tag and paintball and they did a whole episode about hot lava where no one in the college could touch the ground and like (laughs) but the way that they present it is just so genius that they're able to just parody things or just kind of take these memories from your childhood and turn it into a thing that works. Like, like this shouldn't work. They did a whole episode where they just played Dungeons and Dragons. Right. You know, and it's just like this types of things shouldn't really work in a sitcom. And there's a reason why it was never done before, but they were able to do it in a way where just watching six people sit around a table, literally playing Dungeons and Dragons was entertaining as hell. Yeah. And, you know, it's just, and that's all Dan Harmon and just the stuff that, because the one season that Dan Harmon wasn't on that show, they, they kept up with that. And I don't mind the season as much as other ones. You know, I think it was season four and I know a lot of people give that one a lot of hate and I still enjoy it, but it wasn't the same because Dan Harmon is just, I don't know. He's just got that, that his style down. Yeah. That's the kind of the thing with solar opposites. You can tell he's missing. You can tell his humor isn't there, mm-hmm. which makes it a little more lacking, but. Oh, worth a worth a watch if you're ever bored. It's on there. Yeah, I have to remember that and I'll have to check that out. I think I heard you mention it earlier and just kind of like gave it a meh. So I just yeah. kind of it met out of my head. So I didn't really do that. Understandable. Yes, yes, yes. But before we went on the air, you started sending me a barrage of tweets coming out from the flash movie which is currently mm-hmm. in production we talked last week about or a couple of weeks ago i don't remember when it was we talked about the batman logo with the blood all over it and what does that mean where's going we know michael keaton's back on the set kind of reprising some version of batman from 1989 but i don't know we don't know what uh and then it looks like this week we were talking because uh the director andy machete is what it can be we call his last name and uh <laughs> He tweeted out the Superman logo, and we were both like, wait, is Superman in this movie? And we were trying to rack our brain about Henry Cavill, if there were rumors that he was going to be in this one. We know Ben Affleck's supposed to be in this one, trying to figure it out. And then we kind of realized, oh, yes, Supergirl is in this movie, and she is getting her big screen debut in this film. And that was what it was for the Supergirl suit, which has a little bit more red up in the shoulders. But then today we got actual set photos of... Uh, Sasha Kelly, or mm. is that correct? I, I think that's right. Yeah, or Kaye? one. That's uh, one of them. <laughs> uh, but Sasha is. Uh, Let's call her Sasha. Sasha looks like she is going to be Lara Lane Kent, who is also Supergirl, created by you said what Tom Taylor? Yeah, Tom Taylor tweeted about it. He, him, and uh, art uh, an artist like must have created a supergirl i miss i missed this somewhere so i'm not sure when but it is like 2014 i guess created the lana lane kent and uh the picture he tweeted of that character looks very similar to the photos we saw in this yeah. um, from the set photos like it's got the red in the upper half upper torso of the suit and like a short um hair so one could be led to believe that that's what they're going for for the flash movie Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know my feelings from the set photos. It's it's hard to make a. I don't want to make like a rash judgment on just set photos because you never know if that's like the finalized look yeah. of things. But just something about it looks a little clunky to me, like mm-hmm. the the way the outfit looks. And um, 
I don't know. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm definitely open to seeing what they're going to do and what it's going to be. It's cool. Just adding new characters to stuff and um, adding, you know, having Supergirl in the flash, I, I think it'll be pretty cool, but uh, I'll, I'll just save my judgment until I see like the full look at the end, like an official shot. Yeah. But uh yeah, looks a little clunky to me. I know people are used to like the blonde Supergirl, but like, who cares about that? Who cares if they're changing that? I really, it's not. That's not a huge deal. It's just it's different from what you're used to. That's but that's uh, the thing is, it's it's not that big of a deal, and I can imagine getting used to it quickly. But it is jarring to be like, whoa, yeah. like you're just used to seeing blonde. I, this character I completely missed. Um, yeah. So it's just seeing the picture side by side that Tom Taylor put out. Yeah, it looks great from that if that's the character that you're expecting and you're wanting me i i knew she was cast so i knew it was going to be a different supergirl um yeah i mean it works i agree with you suit you know needs some it'll have some cgi touch-ups she's not wearing a cape so of course that Mm -hmm. always makes the difference i agree with you as well that it's just it's a little bulky and um it's a little bulky and just kind of like said got a lot of fake muscles in there and um, (laughs) just kind of makes it like i said it just looks bulky which is different but yeah yeah it's cool to see though we'll see what happens with it my curiosity Um, comes in more of what this movie is because i don't remember supergirl being in flashpoint yeah i think i I think maybe they might just be using flashpoint as as a template for this for this movie it's not gonna follow flashpoint like to the letter i don't think it's just kind of like oh we're taking the idea of flash moving around timelines and 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 changing things and and doing what all that stuff so um adding supergirl i mean it's just a way to bring her into the universe you know she's supposed to get her own movie too uh so this is just probably the way to introduce her yeah kind of like how how marvel introduced spider-man in a different movie like you introduce the character before their own thing so you get audiences used to seeing them and knowing and a little more um hype about their solo project so that's probably what this mainly is for uh but we'll see that we will see it because i'm not gonna not watch it but yeah definitely curious of what they're gonna what they're gonna bring out here it's weird it's weird seeing michael keaton in that picture too he's in there filming like michael keaton's filming in batman uh harrison ford is filming for a new indiana jones movie like what year are we in is this <laughs> is this 1991 or what's happening like how is this all going on it's very strange i don't know how they got michael keaton to be in this movie they must have dumped so much money on that dude yeah right especially like he's he's in the marvel universe mcu now too it's like i don't know it just seems like he might want to be doing other stuff than being in the superhero movies i don't know but i like it i'm glad he is doing it no, I, it is it's yeah. super strange though yeah yeah i think it was fun for him to come out and be the villain i think he liked that homecoming idea the idea i know he mentioned not being batman ever again and i mean right. he even was up for an oscar and everything for that movie birdman where he was making fun of these people who only know how to be superheroes so it was kind of an interesting it's an interesting yeah. turn, but money is a hell of a drug. So, yeah, yeah, <laughs> that every every single time for you, dump enough money on someone, they'll do whatever you want. But we got a lot to talk about. 
our list yes. got longer and longer. So let's jump into some sweet tooth talk. Don and I watched episodes five and six. We're almost there. We're almost caught up to all of you out there listening who binged it. We watched five and six. Next week's going to be the finale, seven and eight, and we'll see how season one ends because we're even watching these two a week, two a week. So this is kind of how we're choosing to watch it. And I think it's going pretty good. What do you think, Don? Yeah, it's been going good for us. I like the the pace we've been consuming these at because i haven't i've had more time to think about what i'm watching it's not so like you know um machine gun pace like just coming at you and then you watch the whole thing and you're like what did i even just watch i don't really know how to talk about it so this yeah. is a easy this isn't definitely an easier way for me to um discuss it with you at the very least um uh, i i liked these two episodes just kind of a little more moving the show along um the main thing i think is it's just we have these three storylines in this show you know you got gus and jep and now bear on their journey and then your second storyline is the doctor Singh and his wife and what's happening with them mm-hmm. you've kind of thrown now you're throwing um general abbott in there a little bit which i'm sure we'll talk about him more oh, yeah. and then the and then the third storyline is amy and wendy in the essex county zoo with the preserve and everything that's going on there so we've had these three things going on at once and they're they haven't converged with each other yet and there's two episodes left so i'm feeling like after these three we're to the point where like all right now these stories got to combine so we can get the full story yeah. full picture of what's going on um that's my main takeaway from these episodes and i'm i'm liking where it's going what do you what do you think about what you saw oh yeah i'm enjoying it i almost did keep watching it because i yeah. had it on and you know netflix <laughs> after five seconds of the episode ending they want to start the next one for you and i almost let it that was why i said yeah. my text going did you finish it yet because <laughs> i was like don finished it i might just sit here and finish it but um no i really i really like the way that the story's going do you know if the preserve is that mm-hmm. in colorado are are so. gus and his crew are they heading towards that i know they're looking i know he got the flyer about the preserve when he was a kid and his dad got it and he had it after his dad died but I don't remember the lo- if there was a location on there because I know he's heading to his mom. Do they just happen to be in the same place? I believe they do because Essex County um, is where the zoo is located. Mm-hmm. And mm. Essex County is also where they just arrived to off the train. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Or you can see on the sign. So that's how you kind of know that they're in the same place. Yep, yep, you're right. You're 100% okay. about that yeah from my memory now i'm really i'm really enjoying where they're going with it uh, little things are you know happenstance that they kind of throw i think that kind of is just a storytelling thing where sometimes things just you bump into someone who just happens to be the person who has the thing that you need to continue on the story <laughs> yeah uh, little things like that are just kind of always like oh that's convenient but that's just storytelling sometimes you just have to look past those things i'm learning how to look past those things like what what was the thing that sticks out in your mind mostly as an example of that from from these episodes episode six with the train ride where all of a sudden like jep knew jimmy on the train and jimmy was yeah. there and he happened to know where the the abbreviation of the town like oh what's this gopro or whatever the town was and he's like oh i know what that is it's right here in my book here's the answer this is where you're going and you're just like oh yeah. just convenient that they happen to know this one dude on these two dudes knew each other 
on top yeah. of the fact that he knew exactly where they were going and can point them in their way. And of course, right. it was all still, you know, done fine. And I had no problem with it. But it's those little things when you come across those little things where they're just like, all of a sudden, oh, this is the right person at the right place at the right time. Stars all aligned to move the story yeah. along. So it's just little things like that. But I, you know, it's just, it's in all stories. So. Yeah, it's like a oh it's all a little too convenient you know what i mean mm-hmm. but that happens that happens every in movies and video games and tv it's just like how they got to do it like we'll never learn where this place is because everyone we talk to doesn't know shit <laughs> you know what i mean like you can't go that route so yeah but i i get where you're coming from but the best stories are the ones that do don't make it obvious where you're watching it and you're always trying to guess where it's going and just when everything seems a little bit more natural, sometimes when they're just like, oh, I know that. And it just seems blatant. But that's like I said, that's completely nitpicky. That's just stories. That's just TV in general. So I, 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 I'm not going to fault it for that. It's just little things like that that make me laugh. No. I feel you. I feel you. Uh, but th- I mean, episode five started great with Dr. Bell singing and dancing through her house. And then General General Abbott showed up. And that was when we realized that Dr. Bell lied to Dr. Singh about having terminal cancer. And she just literally needed to get out of there and go hide because General Abbott was the one in charge of all of those experiments and bringing her the hybrids and doing all that, which was kind of a crazy reveal when they really kind of lined up all those ducks in the row. And uh, I, I loved that opening. I thought that was a really... I kind of almost didn't even realize who she was until the, uh, General Abbott was just like, oh, I'm faking terminal diseases. And I'm like, oh, shit, that's that doctor. Yeah. yeah, it took me a second to realize that. And when he did mention to her about, you know, that she she he knows that she's faking terminal diseases, that was like an eyebrow raise moment. Like, oh, and, uh, that you know, raise the stakes a little bit under what's going on here. And and that scene kind of like general abbott has been in this show uh, mentioned and uh, shown once or twice here and there but this scene finally like put him front and center as a you know a formidable scary villain for this show and uh really kind of showed what he he is him and his group are capable of doing like he's he's the he's the main threat here that we think gus and everyone else is going to have to deal with eventually but uh uh yeah i was definitely a fan of that first scene too yeah i thought that was great i loved the idea of bear joining uh justin uh jeb uh jeb is it jeb or jep i say i think it's jep like jeopard is it? so oh, yeah, 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 yeah 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 you're yeah. right um yeah so yeah i loved i loved bear joining them i, I loved that we had no fallout from the kid army they were just one episode lord of the flies it and one and done yeah. i'm cool with that i do not need to see what happened to those kids uh <laughs> yeah it was you know i i think that they have good chemistry as a group a dysfunctional family and i really i really like that idea and it, so that was kind of a fun we knew it was coming but it was fun to see it like i said it's moving quick i like it yeah it's kind of following the formula of new team like a, a band of people who get thrown together and at least one or two of them don't get along with each other but eventually you know oh well i guess he's not that bad she's not that bad we're kind of going down that route but it's a fun the inner the interaction with them as a group is is fun and and whimsical at times and gus is like the glue that keeps them together uh you know because they're both there for him they don't like each other but they're gonna keep traveling and do what they do to like because they both have gus's interests in mind um Man, one thing that kind of bothered doesn't bother me, but just makes me mad that I yell throughout this show is like it happened in episode five and episode six. 
I get mad at Gus. Where I'm like, dude, just stand still sometimes. Like, why do you keep running <laughs> away from me? Every, every problem, every like dangerous situation he finds himself in is because he wants to keep moving faster than everyone else and like go do stuff. I'm like, dude, just slow down. Yeah, chill. Why, why are you running away from, from us? This is man that he drives me crazy i'm like you're annoying me you're frustrating me gus if i was with you i'd grab you by the horn no i wouldn't do that but uh <laughs> yeah he just keeps moving he just keeps moving too fast man it's it's it bothers me yeah they they always it did like it's always a thing for uh drama you know the drama's coming when they go where's gus yeah <laughs> and then oh, also, he ran away he's again. on that bridge crossing the bridge that we're debating <laughs> if we can cross and this kid is just on it going nope I'm crossing, dude. When that kid fell from the bridge, I laughed so hard. (laughs) Just the way that that was, just the way that they amped up that drama, and then when the kid just fell, I was like, he just fell from this bridge. He's like, no. (laughs) Yeah, because they showed him just like rolling casually down the hill of purple flowers. I was like, that is funny. Yeah, because usually in a scene like that where a kid is hanging from something or somebody's hanging from something, they find a way to save him at the last second, like. The girl would have came out there and grabbed his hand as he's falling, or or Jeopard would have got his big ass across that bridge to get him or whatever. But no, this time he really fell. I was like, oh, he went down. That's oh. <laughs> uh, funny. Yeah. And then then he just was casually rolling through the flowers, like, oh, it wasn't that bad. Yeah. Speaking of the flowers, that's when like I guess they drugged him or whatever. They kind of tried to build those purple flowers up as like poisonous to your mind or makes you see things or hallucinate or whatever because i guess that's what happened to gus yeah and then what we did get out of that uh whole sequence was the return of will forte to the show Mm -hmm. which i which i was happy about because uh we didn't know if we'd see him again and i don't know that was a cool scene the father had a little different attitude i guess because he's not really his father because he's like it's gus's yeah it's a gus's hallucination of him um what did you think of that scene? Did you? Oh, yeah, I liked it. It was nice to see them together. It was nice to see. It's one of those things and I really enjoy. I do enjoy stories like this because I've been watching Deadwood and there's a very similar storyline. I know that's mm-hmm. a funny idea that Sweet Tooth and Deadwood have anything in common. But it, they both give me the same thought where, you know, you kind of have these kids that are put into the situation to where they're left alone. And then just to see how the world takes care of them, like kind of for their... Like Will Forte, you know, Papa died. Jeb is just alone. So, I mean, if you think about like Will Forte's character just doesn't know what happens to his kid and you just have to, Mm. you know, I mean, you're dead, so you don't really know any better. But it's one of those things where it's just like to to see the storyline where people are taking care of him, like people are stepping up to make sure this kid is going to be okay, kind of for Papa. You know, and it's yeah. just, and Deadwood has a similar story with the little girl that gets kind of just taken in and just kind of gets a new mother and a new family when the when her family is murdered and stuff in the beginning of Deadwood. And uh, I just like that idea of just kind of like kids just finding homes or finding, you know, protectors. Right. Finding their way. Finding uh, their because- way. So it was, it was cool to be able to like kind of almost have Will Forte come back and say, Gus, you did this, and kind of almost, even though it was a hallucination, that character kind of got to see how well he was doing. And it was kind of a nice little, like, closure that you don't don't normally get, if that makes sense. Yeah, I agree with that. And then at the end of that scene, we got, you know, when stuff started going crazy and he disappeared, then you see General Abbott's 
fire. Yeah, haunting image in the mirror is like some Snow White and the Seven Dwarves shit. Like yeah. make make him even more scary. Yeah, but that was cool. Um, I'm I'm glad we got to see Will Forte again. Like I said, and uh, how did that episode end up ending? Was it was it more with the zoo? Oh yeah, the Amy Zoo got marked. Yep. Um, got marked by the last men, I guess. And this goes back to what we were talking about before. Like, how are you surprised that they found you in this gigantic zoo? <laughs> but uh, <coughs> I guess that's how we kind of ended season five with um, her being marked in the last men know where Amy and the hybrids and the preserve is. Yep. They know where the preserve is. We also, as we didn't talk about, was Dr. Rainey. Um, oh, yes. And his how could wife, I forget? Adida. And she's, yes. and you know, they killed, uh, or the horse killed Nancy. And in this right. episode, we had the neighbors putting out flyers looking for Nancy. And then we find out that Nancy, and we talked last week, this is a terrible storyline. I, the, I hated the idea that they decided to hide an accident with this horse kicking Nancy and hiding it makes you look so guilty. And then right. the fact that they didn't hide her in a good way, they just stuck her in the freezer in the hospital where all, I mean, was so nobody going to go into this be, freezer? Like other people work right. at the hospital, was nobody going to go in this freezer? I mean, it's one thing, I guess, if you lock it, at least there's something. But you drove right. this woman across town to get to the doctor's office where you don't have cars. So they just threw her on the back of the horse. And <laughs> like, I don't know how they even got her there. Right. Let alone then why. I mean, that that, that whole storyline was flawed, in my opinion. It's just I, it's just not realistic. If anybody would do that, it's weird. Yeah, because like the, I think the secretary, the lady who works at the doctor's office, is the one who called him there. So yeah. like she clearly she clearly has access to the whole place. Like, yeah. so she could have walked in on that body at any time and probably did or could have. That's why the door was open and you left it easy enough for the door to be opened by somebody. Yeah, it's like you're not you're they're not trying to hide it very well. Yeah, it's just like they're causing their own problems. The things yeah. have been causing their own problems. Yeah. And, and then when the town came in and started confronting them about they found the body and they need to know what's going on. Um, Dr. Singh did this in this episode and he also did it in episode six, which we could talk about too, but like, he's such like a fast thinker to me mm-hmm. on his feet. Like, like he's got those lies just ready real quick, how to get himself out of problems. Yeah. Like in this, in this one, like they're all on his ass about like, you killed her. And then he's like, well, she was sick and this is why. And he quickly flipped it on them. Like, what are we doing as a town? This is whatever. And like made them not even think about like if his wife's finger wouldn't have started twitching, yeah. they would have got, got away, away with that too. Yeah. Um, and, you know, he does it again in episode six where they make up the whole lie about, we'll talk about it, but makes up the whole lie about, he knows how to cure the the sick. Like mm-hmm. he's just such like a fast thinker. And it, it makes me think like, yeah, man, that's just the way you would have to be in a post-apocalyptic world. Like if you're not quick on your feet and you can't think quick, like you're going to die. Like they've almost died a couple different times now. Yeah. Um, I know. Yeah, I just, I just wanted him to say, I wanted him to just talk about, yes, yeah, she got kicked by the horse. I brought yeah. her here to try to save her life and she died and I didn't know how to, you know, yeah, that, that would have worked. That, that yeah. worked too. <laughs> yeah. Now, like I said, if his wife was going to start twitching out on him, then it just was going to be what it was going to be, but they still yeah. would have got to the same destination, but I don't know. That was his, his thing where, I mean, you had this since, because that was an actual accident, her death yeah. was ultimately an accident. It just kind of was always one of those things where you like, you lean into that, man. Just lean into the accident with it. You don't have to cover it up. You cover up accidents and 
That's when yeah. you feel guilty. That's a little storytelling issue they had right there. They could have went that route. It would have made much more sense. And, um, but hey, whatever. We're we're nitpicking it, but definitely that that could have no, worked a lot better. I do agree with you that I do like that he thinks quick on his feet, and it saved his life a couple times. And I have a feeling it's going to do it a couple more. Um, yeah. So it was definitely interesting, but I like I said I enjoyed uh, a little bit more in the general Abbott, a little bit more. Um, if any storyline starting to really drag for me, it's Amy in the preserve, where there's kind of the last couple episodes they really haven't done much. It's just kind of been there. Um, but I think that that's going to change a lot. But then we hit into, because then, of course, once uh, Dr. Singh's wife started twitching out, then we had the, uh, the townspeople decided to burn them, and General Abbott showed up at the end of the episode to what sounded like be to save the Sings. And then as we shifted yeah. into episode six, we realized that's not what he was there for. He just wanted the book before it got burned up, and then he was going to let the Sings continue to get to perish. Yeah, he was just going to walk out of the room with the book and let them die or yeah. have them killed. But then it's another example of his wife actually was the one first one who said it like, well, if you let us die, you'll never get the cure. And that's what stopped Abbott in his tracks. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, the doctor um, had to, you know, once again, think quick on his feet. And he had a bunch of big talk like ghost DNA and missing sequences and stuff that all sounds true to someone who wouldn't know so that's why abbott believed him you know he took a long time looking at him in the right in the face to tell if he's lying or not mm-hmm. um and i guess he believes him so that's the reason why they he decided to spare their lives and now we're on a thing where um i guess abbott freed them and is bringing them along to some new facility so he can work on the cure because that's what abbott wants abbott wants the cure he wants the hybrids gone that's his mm-hmm. goal so that's kind of where we're getting with the with the doctor and wife but yeah this episode was all about kind of just set up for the finale basically because amy was trying to figure out how to save the preserve and she had to kind of let the girl what's her name wendy her daughter wendy yes okay pig pig girl pig girl last episode um they kind of let her you know basically let her go with all the other hybrids she had to kind of let them go so she can protect them um, so that was pretty much that whole story arc. And we had the, the journey to Colorado for, for Gus and his crew, where, as I said earlier, they were on the train ride where Jeb knew Jimmy, who was his old linebacker, black backer friend. Yeah. And, uh, they were kind of hanging out and doing their thing. And Jimmy had concussion disorder and CET or, or CTE. CTE. Yeah. And then it was all setting up for the thing. So it was a lot of traveling in this episode, kind of heading towards the finale. Yeah, this one this one was good, but it seemed like more of a episode like uh connecting episode. Yeah. Not too not too much to it, but like kind of a connecting us from the middle to now getting to like, all right, here's setting up for the end. Cause you know, in the end it was them arriving on the train to Essex County where the jail is and um the sings being moved to the facility. Like everything in this was just kind of filler. They had some fun moments. I liked I liked the moments with Gus, Bear, and Jep in this one yes. more than more than episode five. Um, the stuff on the train and, and the stuff about you know Gus losing dog, um, that whole thing. Yeah, it kind of opened us up to more character development and showing us how much big man Jep really does care for Gus and like what now he's like grown to him. Um, and we learned a little bit more on his backstory because the 
the friend, the Jimmy character revealed while Bear was staying there too, that, you know, last time he saw Jep and Jep was with his wife and she was pregnant. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's something we didn't know before. So that was, um, you know, it kind of opened a window into why maybe he's being, feels protective of Gus. Um, yeah. So I, and yeah. it, it opened up a lot of character development for Jep for us, but it also came at a perfect time. So, you know, Bear's learning it while we're learning it. And she needs to know all of that stuff. And she needs to realize the sacrifices that this dude's really, you know, going to make for Gus and how far he really is going to go to protect him and to make keep him happy. And I think Bear, you know, was kind of along with that journey with us as we were learning it. It was really cool to see her learning it as well. I thought that was done really, really well. Yeah, and and then... I agree. Also in this train, we got to see some like fighting, some action sequences that we haven't seen out of the show too much. Like the fight with uh, him and his friend before they realized they were buddies was cool. And then at the end, when um, the Jimmy character was protecting them, when he was fighting the last men, that was pretty cool. Just adding in some a little action into this. Yeah. No, I liked that. And I liked that they, like I said, had him kind of suffering from CTE and not being able to remember anything. And even him for just being that character being around for one episode, it was done really well of building his arc as to who he was, where he was. And then even when he hit the end, he's like, let me do this for you. This is the only thing I was ever good at was, you know, know, blocking people. So let me do my job. And it was just to watch him get one more block on Jeb and be able to keep him safe. I thought was a nice metaphor that they did mixing their past in with the present. And I thought that was done really well and kind of hit me a little bit Yeah, yeah. for a character that was only around one episode. (laughs) I was, I was surprised at how (laughs) fast they were able to at least tie enough of a story together to make me feel for him. Yeah. I was getting some major like Hodor vibes from that. Like hold the door, hold the door. I was like, Oh no, it's hold the door all (laughs) over again. Uh, But yeah, that was cool. Um, Yeah. As far as I know, you mentioned Amy and the zoo. My question is, well, you talked about it, the the hybrids. She's got the hybrids escaping uh, so they can get away from the, the last men are finally on their way to the zoo. My question is, why doesn't Amy just go with them? Is her thing that she's going to hold these men off long enough with just her rifle? I like a big, so. a big group of soldiers, she thinks she's going to hold them off. Like, what are they going to do without her? Like, where are they going? What is... Wendy's like 10 years old. What is she, what are the, what's the plan now for them? I don't know. You know, I'm just assuming it's all these characters being pushed together and the same it's gotta place. be. And I think that they'll probably, all those kids will probably run into Gus and bear and then they'll lead into something with the general and then Dr. Singh being with the general. I think it's just a push. Um, I just don't know if Amy, how important Amy is or where she comes back around as to, what she's going to do, if she's going to be able to talk her way out of whoever's coming, or, you know, maybe she thinks she can make them lose interest in what she's doing. And then she can call the kids back. I don't, yeah, I don't know what her overall end game is outside of playing blocker like Jimmy. (laughs) Yeah. Like what you just said, I could see happening. The kids might run into Gus and Jep and them. And, you know, Wendy might be like, we got to go back for my mom. And that can bring like all the stuff together. I was just wondering. I definitely want to see the. We've keep been getting little clips and like little hidden views of them, but I want to see all the hybrid kids more clearly. Like, do, yeah. don't you? Like, yeah, they were talking them. about a lot of them—the turtle boy and the owl kid and stuff—and they were talking yeah. about them where they're turning in. But we're only seeing Bobby right now, the little groundhog, right? Little gopher boy. Yeah, yeah, yeah Caddyshack. Like... 
Don't nobody worry about me. <laughs> Keep yeah. waiting to start why, dancing. Why he hasn't danced around to that song yet is a missed opportunity. I don't know. I uh, know, right? They're throwing uh, Holding On for a Hero in Loki Episode 2. Why aren't we getting the Caddyshack theme in this one? <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know how they resisted that. Kudos for them for resisting it, because I can guarantee you I wouldn't have been able to. <laughs> All right. And I bet yeah. you I would put money on the fact that that puppet danced to that song on that set. Oh, I'm sure. I would put sure. money on the fact that there are videos somewhere out in the world <laughs> that points to that puppet doing those things. Google search Bobby Gopher dancing to I'm All Right or whatever that song is called. Caddyshack song. Uh, Caddyshack song. That's funny. Yeah, man. But we've been seeing like hybrid, the elephant foot and a monkey boy and like a snail. I kind of thing just like, but you're not seeing them fully. I don't know if it's too big of a money thing yeah. that you can't maybe maybe they're only going to do it one time and they're saving it for later in the series or if they even do it at all but that's something i'm hoping for to see you know because i think that'd be cool yeah i'm excited to do the home stretch now these last two and really see where they're going with this and hopefully um as we're rapidly approaching four weeks since the show went came out hopefully it doesn't get canceled like uh, the other one yeah right uh I, i'd hope not i feel like this is a good show uh, it's hard to tell with netflix what they what their like criteria is for keeping a show or deleting a show uh, i mean this show was hitting number one on netflix when you know you go through the list and it's like top 10 yeah it was number it was number one for a while and i think it's still up there like number four but at the same time jupiter's legacy was i think number one as well when it came out so yeah. you never know jupiter's legacy got a lot of views i think the problem was was jupiter's legacy was sitting like a 28 percent, and no nobody liked it you know, it wasn't well received. Sweet Sweet Tooth is sitting, I was going to say Sweet Jeopardy. I don't even know where the hell that goes. <laughs> Sweet Jeopardy. <laughs> Sweet Tooth is uh, like at a 98% or something. Like it's more universally regarded as being better. So yeah. I think that that's definitely going to help it. Netflix isn't going to keep around an expensive show to for everyone to make fun of it. Yeah, I could see that. So, and I know Josh Jumel's out there taking shirtless selfies dressed up like uh, Commander, what's his name? From what? Jupiter's Legacy. What was the like main his, guy? Josh like Jumel's character? character. What was his character's name? Oh, my God. I read all the books and I watched that and I can't think of what he was called right now. The Utopian. Utopian. He's yeah. he's like dressed up doing shirtless, doing shirtless uh, pictures dressed up as Utopian trying to seduce Hulu into picking up their show. <laughs> Hulu, huh? Yeah, he's leaning on Hulu and Amazon Prime to see if anyone wants to resurrect Jupiter's legacy. I don't think they're going to do that though, because they already have a Jupiter's legacy spinoff in the works at Marvel at Marvel at Netflix. Like they own, they have a deal with Mark Miller to do all his stuff. So if he's doing anything, it's at Netflix. So I don't. Yeah, see that I happening. can't imagine they would have to dump a bunch of money on Netflix to let them. They would have yeah. to license the the material from netflix because netflix owns that yeah much much like disney couldn't really do anything with the netflix marvel shows until those things expired those characters were netflix characters until those deals expired and then they can yeah. revert back to marvel but those shows are still netflix shows yeah <coughs> charlie cox in spider-man 3 as daredevil <coughs> we'll see maybe that would be that would be good. I'd I'd be okay with that. I'd be okay with yeah. that. But I'm super excited to see where Sweet Tooth ends up. And like you said, hopefully we'll get a second season. And I'm all pumped for that. So I'm excited. Next week we will hit episodes seven and eight 
the finale of Sweet Tooth and we'll give our overall impressions as to what we thought about the show. Yeah, we're speculating now all these questions, but we're going to get our questions answered here in the next week when we watch them. So join us next week when we recap Sweet Tooth. Sweet Tooth finale. So I'm excited about that. Uh, So E3 was this week, man. So that's normally the big video game conference every June. Normally, obviously, it's been it's usually a bigger thing. And they had all the press conferences and stuff last year kind of got all thrown off because of the pandemic where they did some virtual stuff. It was kind of a mess this year. They tried to tighten that up. Still was kind of a mess. But we got a lot of announcements over the course of the weekend and early into the week. A lot of press conferences, a lot of new trailers, a lot of game reveals. So Don and I wanted to kind of go through some because we are gamers. Um, and we wanted to kind of just talk a little bit about some of the stuff that really jumped out at us, stuff that we're excited about, stuff that if you missed it, you might want to check out and or just kind of see as we try to convince each other that these are the games we want to dump money on so we can play multiplayer games together. <laughs> yeah, man. And before we talk about the games, the, the one thing that stands out to me most is like E3 in general that I find a little bit of a bummer. And it's but it's been this way with everything nowadays and like the way the world is right now is E3 used to seem like a much bigger deal mm-hmm. uh, in years past because it was like a convention, like people everywhere and booths and things showing. And it seemed like everybody needed to be there. It was like the thing to be at. Yeah. Now it's kind of, well, this year, especially because it's all virtual, mm-hmm. it seemed like it had a little less, um, little less like hype to it. I don't know if you weren't paying attention, like it could have just passed you by and you wouldn't even have known it unless you were looking for it. And years before it was like all over the place, like E3 big games announced, boom, 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 boom. And that's just the way the world is now, 2020, 2021. But they've been, I did did feel that they've been losing steam since Sony pulled out like three years ago, three or four years ago. Once Sony kind of said, yeah, we don't need E3 and they wanted to just start doing their own thing. And they stopped doing a a press conference at that. Cause it used, used to be able to have like, you would have Xbox do their press conference on Friday. Sony would do theirs on Saturday. Nintendo would do theirs on Sunday. So you had like one big one and then you had the EA or the Ubisoft or Bethesda and you had the smaller ones kind of scattered, but you were always getting stuff, but you had that Nintendo, Microsoft and Sony, the big three, you had them to be able to show off what they're going to show up. And since you, everyone always puts those three in direct competition with each other as to what games are coming to PlayStation, which ones are coming to Xbox, which team are you going to join up on? Nintendo's kind of always been out since like the Wii. They've kind of been out on their own little island where you just kind of, usually most people pick a, you pick Sony or Microsoft and then you grab a Nintendo system on the side so you can play Mario and Zelda is kind of how that goes. (laughs) It's like, it's like the smartest thing Nintendo ever did realizing they couldn't um, not they couldn't but they didn't want to sink the money and resources into trying to uh be a playstation direct playstation or xbox competitor uh and they're like we have our own thing we have our own library of games we have our own franchises that are cute and different and can be also you know adult games too we got those too we got something for everybody but this is our stuff we're not competing with anybody we're nintendo and you know they've been around since the 80s and this is why they're still here that's why there's no sega and atari and nintendo's like persevered through all this is because they they know what they're good at and they've that's just like what they've done so yeah i'm with that yeah so it was definitely interesting but yeah i think once sony kind of pulled out of e3 and said we don't need this anymore it kind of really was a big hit that e3 hasn't really found a way to recover from yet like xbox has taken the most of being basically having the spotlight all to themselves 
Um, and I think that they've done well the last couple of years without Sony to at least try to stand out. But outside of that, yeah, it's not the same. It used to be a way bigger deal when everyone, there was a bigger competition to it. Now yeah. it's so many things are all tied together as those video game companies are buying more companies. Like Bethesda didn't have a press conference because they got bought by Microsoft. So right. now they're just kind of got grouped together so that you lost a whole press conference just mm-hmm. like that. You know, that company is now an Xbox company and it's kind of weird. It's just the changing uh, business. Yeah, this is changing of the face of the business. It's still cool, but I could just, I just wanted to bring it up because I can feel the, the, just the difference in the feel of it. And like you said, Sony does their own thing, state of play every year. So that's another thing you got to watch. That's cool for them. But they, uh, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, hopefully we get a state of play here while the kind of in- anticipation still hot. And since right. there's a lot of positive press coming out of like the Xbox show, I'm really hoping that Sony drops some bombs here in the next little bit to try yeah. to try to stay combat in, some of that. Yeah, in the conversation. Yeah, exactly. Stay in the conversation. But uh, you know, I, we watched several of a lot of the trailers coming out. I watched a bunch of the press conferences, or at least had them on in the background. Um, seeing what was going on one of the big ones that i definitely wanted to start with before we kind of got into some of our picks as we were kind of trading trailers back and forth and talking a little bit more but i know one of the big announcements that came out of the square enix uh, press conference and they opened with it and it was about a 20 minute presentation was they announced a guardians of the galaxy game and i didn't really know that that was being worked on i didn't really wasn't expecting that so all of a sudden we talked about this during our loki thing talking about the holding on for a hero song being used and used much better in the guardians trailer than it was in the loki episode my opinion and uh this looks like it's made almost in the avengers model i know i thought it was a, maybe an avengers dlc, DLC. or expansion or something i didn't know it was going to be a full-fledged game but it turns out it's a full-fledged single-player campaign you play as peter quill you seem to toss around now. And this was one where I was like, almost like Don, we got to play this game. Cause I just assumed it was made to be a two to four player game, but it's single player. You're supposed to be able to control and kind of like tell people where to go and what to do stuff. So you can still, you have that RPG like control over people, but it looked very much like the Avengers, which I'm not going to really complain too much about that button mashing ability. They have some cool, unique abilities in that. Um, so what do you think about Guardians, man? Is that going to be a day one purchase for you? Uh, it's possible. <clears throat> I need to maybe look into it a little more. But, yeah, like you, I was caught off guard by the announcement of that game. Didn't really see that one coming. Um, hadn't heard anything about it until they showed it at E3. Uh, to me, it looks it looks great, though. The, the things that stand out is, like, the character design, I feel like they concentrated on a little more than Avengers because that was one of the big – um critiques against the avengers originally like people didn't like the way they looked but i I, this is different though because avengers is a lot of human characters and they're like well that doesn't look like chris evans that doesn't look like scarlett johansson this one you can do it a little easier because gamora can look like anything you know drax can look like anything rocket can look like rocket or groot it's not too hard to do so that was just a little thing i thought that was cool um when i like you said, we didn't know that the only playable character was going to be Star-Lord when we first saw it. That kind of came out later and that it was single player. So to me, that's kind of a bummer just because I would like to play that game with you, like as in a multiplayer way. Um, but then you said we also did find out that you'll kind of be able to control your teammates for those who play like Final Fantasy 15 in that way, like you can direct this person to do this and like set up their whatever. 
Uh, and then I did read somebody saying something that made sense to me later that kind of makes that a good thing is, and it's kind of a drawback of the Avengers games for those who did play it. The Avengers games is, is made, the Avenger game is made so you can switch between characters, you know, freely and fluidly. Um, but they have to make all the characters in that game equally powered because if Hulk and Thor, okay, Hulk and Thor are clearly better, stronger fighters than Clint Barton or Scarlet Witch, Hawkeye and Scarlet Witch cannot fight the same way as Hulk and Thor. That's kind of a drawback of that game is sometimes Thor and Hulk seem a little weak when they should be these big powerhouse characters and should be able to destroy these huge groups of people. They can't and they don't. They fight the exact you'll you'll kill a villain in that game the same way with Hulk, the same way you do with Black Widow, which kind of is a little disappointing in a way because you don't get that like powerful feel. So in this game, since you can't control Drax, if he's like the powerhouse of the team and you need somebody to come in and like wreck a group of people real quick and you can send Drax to do it because that's what he does, then that's what he does. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. Like. Like, you're always Star-Lord, but everyone else is going to have their own, you know, unique abilities. Like, Groot will be able to do a bunch of powerful stuff. It'd be cool to control it, but they're going to make him, I feel like they're going to make him more powerful than Star-Lord. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, so that's kind of cool. Um, I'm, I don't know. I'm into it. It looks fun. The song works cool in the trailer. Um, they had a good vibe. Had a good vibe. Um you do you agree with all like you yep. you're looking forward to it yeah oh yeah i was super okay. pumped for it the more i watched of it the more i heard about it the more i uh got excited about it saw that it was coming out in october so i mean it's not like it's one of those things where they're like here's the game see you in 2023 right so it's you know it's definitely something i'm gonna check out whether it's a day one i don't know it might be a wait for the first sale. Um, a lot of times with these third-party square square games or whatnot, they'll drop it down to forty or thirty bucks pretty quick. Um, so sure. maybe by Christmas, I would imagine that first sale coming by for Black Friday or Christmas sales, I can imagine picking it up for forty bucks and and checking it out and playing it. It's what I wanted out of the Avengers. I really just wanted a single-player Avengers game and just mm-hmm. really like Spider-Man and just really be able to play something. And the idea that I'm getting that with the Guardians is kind of cool. So. I'm 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 definitely in to see what they got. Yeah, this one for whatever reason I am a little bummed because I would have liked to play it with you and and do some of that stuff could have been interesting, but I'll be fine either way. Yeah, definitely. Don't it's hard when you bring up Spider-Man. It's like, oh man, Insomniac could make such great Marvel other Marvel games besides Spider-Man if they really wanted to. <laughs> like if this <laughs> excuse me, if this game was made by Insomniac, I'd be like, "Oh my god, I got to play it immediately." Oh but yeah, it being made, it being made by uh, Square is coming out of our Avengers. You're just kind of like, yeah. well, what are you gonna do? Yeah, 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 for sure. But then we also did get an Avengers roadmap a little bit, where they talked about some other events that I don't understand how any of them work or how you play them when you play the game. And then they did give us a trailer of the Black Panther Wakanda expansion that's coming later this summer. They still didn't really throw a date on it, so we don't really know when that's launching. Did any of that stuff, you know, scratch an itch or make you want to jump into Avengers again really heavily? I mean, I know you and I both beat the single player campaign. We've run we've run through some missions separately. Neither one of us, as far as I'm aware, have touched any of the uh, Hawkeye expansions. They've dropped two Hawkeye expansions, and I know I haven't dove into those yet. So, I mean, is 
did these did watching the the Wakanda stuff did that make you want to turn this game on and try to like really get into it before that drops? You know, I I, I have moments where I want to put Avengers on, and I do from time to time, but I still feel like I haven't gotten deep into what everything they want you to because for one it's kind of laid out difficult to explain or difficult to understand what they want you to do and like what's single player and what's multiplayer and and what can you accomplish with your friends and and i don't know so so that's part of the reason why i feel like we haven't gotten into it enough yet um but the black panther dlc trailer did look cool it wasn't a lot of gameplay it's more of like a reveal trailer but it's cool that they're adding him in. It's a character everybody wants in the game. And you look around, people are like, he should have just been in there since day one. Um, so that's cool that they're adding another important Marvel hero in there. Uh, and I'm sure we'll get to it. We're, we're, we've been sitting on playing that game with each other more for a while now. Because uh, it is fun, but it's just like not too hard to think about button mashing. But like I said overly complicated in what you they want you to it's hard to understand what they want you to do you know what i'm saying yes like so yeah i, I look through and i'm like what does this mean what is this resource yeah. what am i supposed to be doing right now where am i supposed to go where are the missions is this single player is this part of the campaign <laughs> is this part of that there's an event going on and i see a calendar in the top right left it's telling me this event's going on but where is the event if i click on this calendar nothing happens where do i go for the event it's like one of those things where you're kind of jumping around and i'm like i don't know where i'm supposed to look i don't know what menu i'm supposed to be in i don't know and it's very confusing and it's it becomes one of those things when you kind of jump into some of those like live service games. You jump into Destiny when you haven't played Destiny in two years, and there's several expansions past you, and you're just like, "Wait, what? It's going on?" And everything looks. Oh yeah, you know. Um, Forget about it, man. If you don't keep up on those and you get behind, it's just over. Like it's yeah. there's like no way to there's no way to catch up because you don't you just don't know what's going on. They don't. They still are studios are having a hard time making that simplistic enough to follow without like you know racking your brain and making your brain explode and trying to figure out what the hell you're supposed to be doing so i don't know yeah it's been crazy uh but they obviously were lots of other shows so don i wanted i was kind of curious of what jumped out to you i kind of have i know we have some lists here of what jumped out to us stuff that we're excited to really check out and why and i wanted to kind of start with you and see what's something that you saw that kind of interested you um I watched a few different videos. Like the first one that pops to the top of the mind is the Back for Blood game. Mm-hmm. That's what it's called, right? Back for Blood. Yeah, I believe. So. Right. Okay. Yeah, which um, is a kind of a continuation of the Left for Dead series. It seems like it's all it's Left for Dead three and everything but name, basically. Is okay. what it seems like to me. It's the same developers. It's the same team. It's the same like. Everything about it screams Left for Dead 3, except for the idea that it's called Back for Blood. Yeah, that definitely looks interesting to me. Um, Did you ever play any of the Left for Dead games? I never, I might have, man, I'm trying to think of a game I played where it's like a first person shooter with zombies on like an island. Was that a Left for Dead game? That was Dead Island. Oh my God. Okay, there's too many dead games. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. But, uh, yeah, this I thing. know that one was on an island where it was like first person and you kind of did a lot of like melee. It was open world. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I played, I, I played that island. I played through some of that one. This may or may not be connected, but uh, 
I don't know. This game looks fun to me just because of the first person shooter zombies thing is, is always been something I think is a cool, fun idea, especially when they let you play with your friends. Yeah. Um, and just watching some of the gameplay, it looks, it looks pretty cool. Uh, they got some nice character zombie designs in there. It looks like, you know, it could be pretty challenging. And anytime, you know, we're into now first person shooters that you can play with your friends is, high on my list of things I want to check out because we always seem to have a good amount of fun with that. So that that's definitely a game that I'd be um, looking to check out. One that pops to the top of my mind first. Absolutely. Yeah, that one should be, that should be fun. I just have to figure out what we're going to do with that one when that comes out in October is if I'm going to game pass that or if I'm going to buy it yep. to play natively yeah. with you guys. <laughs> Yeah, that's what, that's when we get into our whole conversation of you being a Sony and Microsoft owner, and what do you do with games when they come out? That's a that's a conversation in and of itself. Uh, we'll have to see. We'll find. We'll figure it out. We always do. Oh yeah, you know it becomes a solidarity thing because I know I could play it on Xbox. I can cross play it and play it with you, and I can just jump into a PlayStation party on my phone, and we could just I can make it work. But I do have that solidarity thing where I'm like, well, if my buddy Don's going to drop sixty bucks for this game to play with me, I feel like I need to drop sixty bucks to play with him. <laughs> Um, yeah. So there's a lot. We got, of we got time. Games. We got time to figure it out. Well, we got time to figure out how serious we want to be about Back for Blood. But I agree with you. It looks like fun. Left for Dead. I did have fun playing that. I know that was a 360 game that I remember playing on and off. But they were if it's very if it's similar to it. I know that was that was really cool because they gave you just basically so many episodes of games yeah. that you would basically pick like an episode or a story that you would play. And then it would just be kind of like the self-contained game that would take like, you know, 90 minutes, two hours, somewhere in there to play, to get through. And you would just play with your friends and you would just go through wave, a wave, a wave of, you know, all the different sections and you would just play the story. And then when it was done, you'd get all your stats and you would either try to do it again, better or differently with different weapons, or you would go do a different storyline. Um, I can, you know, so it just depends on how they, how they branch it out. So it doesn't become too repetitive. So I'm very excited to see more for that. I think that'd be cool. Yeah, um, definitely. What, 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 what about you? Like top, what's the top game that pops out to you after Avengers or Guardians? Yeah, I would say After Guardians, one of the things that really, there were two that jumped out and it really, and it's, it's been one of these things where when I saw it, I was kind of like, okay, that seems cool. But now as we're a couple days removed, there are two games actually that are standing out super high for me that I'm just like, you know what? This, these are going to be day one for me regardless. And uh, and one is 12 Minutes. 12 okay. Minutes is a game that has been was announced like four years ago. This game has been sitting and in, in development forever. And a couple of years ago, it became an Xbox exclusive as far as I'm aware. So it will come out on Game Pass. So that does make it a lot easier to, just try it but it's an Annapurna interactive game and it seems like this whole game is from a top-down perspective in in one apartment but it's basically set up as like a time loop where you're this guy and your wife is there and people keep the police and people keep busting in and you end up I don't really know what the story is in that because they're being real tight with it but it just seems like this tight this time loop kind of story but it's a very interactive story thing uh last year they announced that they recast all the voice actors and the main three characters that are in this game are now voiced by uh james mcavoy daisy ridley and willem dafoe so just that alone is 
curious enough, like, hell yeah, give me some Willem mm-hmm. Dafoe as a bad guy in a video game and I'm down. And just, it's been kind of waiting and I was very excited to get a release date for this, that it's coming out in August. And this is something that I'm going to be able to play. And like I said, being able to just play it on Game Pass as a day one, just download it and play. I'm really excited about that opportunity. And it's kind of just, once again, Xbox did a great job of just making Game Pass seem like a big deal and really kind of question how anybody's going to beat that when it really ultimately comes down to when they fully implement that thing, when that becomes an Xbox, a game pass app on your smart TV. Yeah. How do you not drop the 15 bucks a month to get it? I mean, to honestly, if they did a game pass app, just showed up on your TV and said, Hey, 15 bucks a month to play all of these games. You just get a controller. If you have to go drop 60 bucks on a controller to play anything that comes on game pass for 15 bucks a month, just on your TV without having to buy an Xbox, would you be tempted to do it? Yeah, I mean it's it's very possible. It's one thing that I am. I'll admit as like a I'm a Sony first guy. I've I've I always have been since PlayStation One. Um, I'm disappointed that Sony still hasn't come up with a way to like combat this or like give something similar to uh, people who you know just play Sony. Um, Sony has great uh exclusive games and they always have but this this is like kind of microsoft's way where they're they're like catching up to them a little bit now with with the game pass offering it makes it a whole lot easier to get eyes on games it's kind of what made outriders a almost a you know a hit for xbox just because even though you could get that game on playstation but if you had both like why would you um you know millions of people are playing out outright outriders is what it's called right yeah Yeah, i almost said outsiders outriders um and you got to imagine if i mean it was in a totally original ip it's like it's not a sequel to anything it's not an established game would that game have had millions of players without game pass like probably not if people didn't have the opportunity just to play it in that much easier way than buying it as a 60 dollar game like i don't know anything about this game like i've seen some trailers but yeah i'll pass i mean that happens a lot but it was on game pass and tons of people played it so um shit even sony's own exclusive game mlb the show this year mm -hmm. went to xbox for the first time in like a decade the mlb show has been the only baseball game with legal teams and big thing for like 10 years at least and it's been a sony exclusive and this year it dropped on xbox and not only did it just show up on xbox but they put it on game pass so you can play that if you have game pass you technically play that game for free and it was really weird to boot up mlb the show on an xbox seeing the playstation logo like their big playstation logo with like nathan drake and all those people coming through like their marvel opening that's right there yeah. on the Xbox on Game Pass that I'm playing this game where X or PlayStation owners have to pay sixty bucks to play that game. Yeah. But if you have it on Xbox, you can play this PlayStation technical exclusive or this PlayStation Studios game for free if you, you know, want to look at it that way. It's just a weird it's a weird thing, yeah. man. But it definitely changes the way you, you look and it makes a lot of these Xbox exclusives that they announced at this show appealing a lot more appealing because i'm like well why wouldn't i try it so it makes these games that i might not have dropped 60 bucks on and i might have just said xbox look at their cheap exclusives now it's just like (laughs) well i technically am going to get all of these games with zero effort so why wouldn't i be interested in them why wouldn't i want to play them it's just kind of it's just a weird 
it's really yeah. a weird it's a weird way that this war has shifted in the console generations you know yeah people are still waiting on sony's answer they're pretty sol- like solidly standing that they're not doing the doing that they're not going to do that and they kind of just think the strength of their exclusive games is enough which in a way it is i mean look at their look at their track record they they sell millions of these games still people still will buy the games they want if they look good it's just you know microsoft has come up with a different way to get the games they want to put in front of people they found a new easier way to do that and it's just it's pretty interesting yeah my my opinion though comes down to the ideas it's not it's not really what's what's killing sony right now when it comes to game pass idea what's not what's killing them is it's not the exclusives because Xbox exclusives still haven't proven themselves. You know, there's, you know, outside of Halo and Gears and Forza, though, that's what Xbox has lived on for 20 years. Um, you, and then nothing's been proven any differently. Now you're just like, yeah, I'll play it because I have it. What's killing them is these deals are making with third parties. The fact that they're getting Outriders day one, the fact that they're getting MLBs the show day one, the fact that they just got Yakuza like a dragon. You know, these are all third-party games that are coming day one. Back for Blood, like I said, Back for Blood is going to be on both systems, but it's going to be free on Xbox and sixty bucks on PlayStation. Right. So, I mean, that's what's killing it. Now, if Sony can make some of these deals, they're trying with that PS Now, where they're getting Borderlands Three. They got the Avengers. You know, if they need to make some good deals to go, hey, you need to come subscribe to our service. It's cheaper. You can stream the game so you don't have to worry about downloading stuff and taking up hard drive space. Like there's a way to market PlayStation now to being a competitor, even if you leave your exclusives off of it. But they need right. to make those deals with third parties and get some of those games either the same as Game Pass, you know, throw money and say, hey, we want Outriders on this day one day as well and make that work. But they, they shouldn't be letting Sony get these or they Sony shouldn't be letting Microsoft get these day one third party exclusives. Yeah, that's that's what ends up killing you a little bit there. Yeah. If, if if they keep letting that happen, especially because I look at it from my perspective as a person who doesn't plan and didn't plan to get an Xbox, but that also affects my purchase choices when it comes to games like we've talked about, like Outriders, where I know it's available on Game Pass for Xbox players for free if you have Game Pass and they want $60 from me to play it. And just like fundamentally in my mind is like, as a principal, I'm just like, no, I'm not doing it. Like, I'm not, I can't, I can't do that. Dude, we were buying that game. We were buying, we were buying Outriders day one. Like, I'm pretty sure we were both sitting there going, should I just pre-order this? Like we played the hell out of that demo and we were leveled up those characters. We were ready to buy that game game one. And then the week before they announced it, they said, oh, it's coming to Game Pass for free. And we, it immediately soured both of us on that idea of, well, why should I drop 60 bucks on it? And mm-hmm. I would have, I know we're not alone in that. No. So it's definitely weird. But moving on from our Game Pass discussion, because I'm, yeah, we got <laughs> first. The other game that I'm, the more I'm being removed from E3 and the more I think about it, the more I'm pumped for it is Metroid Dread. Um, okay. It was announced, it was announced for, uh, the Switch, the Nintendo Switch, it's technically Metroid 5. It's going to be the conclusion of the story from the original Metroid that launched on Nintendo back in the 80s. So it's Metroid 1, Metroid 2, and then it was Metroid like Infusion. 
there were two other Metroid games, which I'm never going to remember their names because they were like Game Boy Advance games. Apparently, Metroid Dread was announced like 14 years ago and came out of nowhere and shocked a lot of people who are aware with that franchise this week. And they said they're finally making this game. And this game, 15 years after it was originally announced, is now going to be here in September. And I just loved the, I love these new systems when they do these like 2D games. They're 2.5D where they're like not really 3D. They're still in that 2D plane, but they look really damn good. And just the idea of what this game looks like, and I really do enjoy some Metroid games. It made me dust off my 3DS, and I've been playing Metroid uh, Samus Returns, which was the remake of Metroid 2 that came out a couple of years ago already on the 3DS, and I've been playing that again um, just to kind of get myself kind of pumped up. So uh, I, this one, just the more, I, more and more I get removed from these shows, the more and more I'm still thinking about it, the more and more I realize I'm probably going to buy this game when it comes out. <laughs> Yeah, it definitely looked fun when I watched that trailer. Uh, I do like the fact that it's like a retro-ish looking, but like also modernized 2D slash hybrid 3D scroller. Yeah. Um, I haven't, I've never traditionally been a huge Metroid player, but that game definitely looks fun. Um, yeah, I'm on and off. I'm hot and cold. I've never really played the original Metroid. I don't even really think I played much of Super Metroid when it really comes down if I think about it. Um, mm-hmm. It's just been little things. I played little bits and pieces and I just enjoy the idea of what the series is. I know that they're well received. They're well reviewed. They have their pockets of fans. And they always just look cool to me. And like I said, I picked up Samus Returns when that came, when that uh, hit the 3DS. I Like I said, I think that's already been five years. I think that was 2017. So that's already been a while. And I just, I don't know, I feel like the more and more, especially the closer this game gets, I feel like that's just something I'm going to, they're fun, they're fun, man. Yeah, for sure. And I know I played a bunch of Metroid Prime, which I know is, but that's a whole other thing. Whole other thing. First person GameCube games. I know I played a bunch of that on the GameCube and okay, those were fun. What I played of them, I just never got too far into them because they, 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 fell too far into like the motion <clears throat> controls and I didn't like we control first person shooters. So okay. Yeah. Fell off of that. I didn't I didn't like doing trying to yeah. control a first person shooter. I know some people really got into it. But those were two that are really super pumped for me. What else jumped out at you, man? Uh just some other thoughts and some other games. I know that they one of the big trailers was the Avatar game. Yeah. Did you watch that? Yeah, Ubisoft. It, that was their like, I mean, end of the show. One more thing. Here's yeah. an avatar. I was like, what? Yeah. Kind of out of nowhere. The thing is, the game looks be- the game looked beautiful, uh, which which all games tend to now. But my, my biggest thing is like, why is there so much avatar stuff going on now? Like ten not more than ten years. That movie came out in two thousand nine. Yeah. Like I don't I don't understand like what this revitalized interest in Avatar is. I know there's supposed to be sequels in, but they've been talking about those for years. Like, I just don't, I don't get the avatar love. I really don't. To me, it was just like a fun, uh, an okay movie. Maybe I'm just like not fully getting it. Like all the avatar love throughout every industry, but like, I'm not really excited about playing an avatar game, no matter how good it looks. How do you feel about that? No, I agree with you. It seemed weird. Yeah. It was like, I was like avatar. Okay. Um, I was not someone who fell in love with the movie. I remember watching, I went and saw it in theaters. The 3D was cool. I enjoyed it. It looked beautiful. It was a fine movie. It was Fern Gully meets Pocahontas. It existed. I was fine with it. I I mean, I I never felt an urge to watch it a second time. Like I've never seen it again. 
I was yeah, like, I'm neither. not going to sit here and watch a three hour movie. It's too long, whatever. It's, it's fine. If they would have dropped a sequel and I can't even say as of right now, Avatar two is set to come out next year. It was supposed to come out this December, but COVID. So they pushed it one more year. Now, of course that movie has been delayed countless times already. Um, whether or not they actually hit next December is a whole other thing. I know that he was trying to, uh, James Cameron was trying to stay away from the Star Wars movies and he was, you know, kept pushing to try to do that. Um, and with Fox, Disney buying Fox, that became a whole thing. So I know there were lots of other things that came into it, but I'm pretty sure James Cameron still would have took this long with regardless of any of that. Sure. I, yeah, I can't say I won't go see two, but yeah, I don't have that much of an interest in really any of it. I can also I can also see myself looking at the second one and going, I'll watch it at some point. And I don't know if I'm going to, you right. know, the first one, the only reason I even went to go see it in theaters was because the 3D was supposed to be that awesome. And it really was. And uh, at the time, you know, it kicked off the 3D craze where every movie needed to be in 3D. But yeah, I just I my, my my thing is I just don't understand the need for the game unless they're I like I think it's supposed to be a tie-in. If they're tying it in with the movie, then okay, I get it. But just like it's just so it just seems strange to me that like Avatar video game, well, you know, it, in in twenty twenty one, I don't know. Yeah, and it's weird because it's one thing if that movie was if you're showing it now and you're saying, hey, this movie's coming out in November of twenty twenty one, in time for the movie. Okay, I can see why you might want to do it. Why you made that be your your main, you know, your, your main event is weird. But yeah. I'm like, okay, cool. But as far as I'm aware, why show it now? Because if you're not gonna, if you're gonna drop this game this year, that game's gonna fail. For sure. If you drop it next year when people are gonna go see the movie and you have the hype and the promotion of the the movie and you're gonna tie it in with the game, yeah, you're gonna make a ton of money. But yeah. Why show it this year? You should be showing it next year and saying, hey, it's going to be out in December with the movie. Cool. But me looking at it now does nothing for me outside of the fact going, yeah, it's gorgeous. Yeah, that's the route they're going to have to go. They can't release it this year. It'll be a it'll bomb. But another thing we'll see. That's just one that kind of stood out to me is like I was just kind of sitting there like, why the whole time? Why, why, why? But uh, yeah, yeah. That one, and then the other one that kind of jumped out to me was um, watching the Stranger of Paradise Final Fantasy Origin, another thing from Square. Yeah, just because I love Final Fantasy games, I always have. Um, haven't played them all, I do miss some, but I try to get to most of them. And that one just had a weird kind of a feel to me, a little bit. It, it seems a little different from what they've done before. I don't know if it's like coming from a different sub studio or whatever the case is, but just like. The, the, one, the the go on i was gonna say that one i believe if i'm remembering correctly is done by platinum games okay which they do like the near near automatic a lot of japanese games like ninja gaiden the ninja gaiden games um but the uh, i was gonna say bethesda the bayonetta series yes. like a lot of those kind of like button mashers devil may cry like games and they were doing this Final Fantasy game. And I think they said it was supposed to be kind of like a Dark Souls game. So I don't know if they're going to hit any of those marks or not. Yeah, it looks like it might be taking a different step from Final Fantasy games you're used to. Even though, you know, most recent Final Fantasy games have changed. It's not turn-based anymore, really. I'd love a new turn-based Final Fantasy game, but that's another discussion for another time. But just like this, this trailer just seemed like more, I don't know, forceful. Like there was no like whimsy or lightheartedness to it it just seemed like a very gruff straightforward and like i was watching that i don't know if you watched or not like 
in my mind i was like say the word chaos one more time (laughs) you guys you guys have said chaos in this two minute trailer about 50 freaking times like we get it there's chaos Chaos. the the villain is chaos chaos is happening we get it but uh did you see did you see the super cuts that people made no there's youtube (laughs) videos out there of people who every time chaos is said in this trailer and they just cut like chaos i'm here to kill chaos what are you talking about chaos it's just jumping to each section (laughs) really funny i i believe it because i'm telling you they said it at least 50 freaking times um but that's a game that when the if it if it gets a demo on PS5, I'll definitely give it a try and see. I'm sure it, they said it is going to have a PS5 demo, so it's out right now. I downloaded oh, it, is it out. the other day. I, I meant to tell you last night, ask you if you downloaded that. Um, so oh, nice. it's out. I know they had a corruption issue, so like okay. it was it was a corrupted download, so people would download it and it wouldn't work. Um, but as far as I'm aware, they fixed that. I downloaded it uh, yesterday. Because I saw it pop up in the store, so it's out now. I just haven't clicked play on it yet to try it. But I was going to tell you that it is out um, right now on PS5. I think it's exclusive on PS5. I'm not sure it's on Xbox or not. I didn't come across that. Um, so I'm definitely excited to try it and see. Supposedly, a lot of people who kind of shit on the trailer and were just kind of like chaos and what is this? This isn't what I wanted. And supposedly, after they played it, they said, "Okay, I see you now." And uh, yeah. supposedly, it's getting after the. The trailer didn't give it as much love as I think uh, Square and them wanted it to get, but I think the yeah. demo is going to help them go a long way. So definitely check that out. And maybe we'll talk about that next week. <laughs> yeah, man. It's on my to-do list now. Thank you. Yeah. What other games uh, did like kind of hit you besides the ones you already talked about? Like what else like stood out to you? Well, one of the ones that kind of, I keep going back and forth on whether or not I know it was a big deal because it was a game that was announced several years ago and then disappeared off the face of the earth and no one knew if it was existing but at e3 i want to say 2018 or 2019 they announced this game called elden ring and this game was basically from the creator of the dark souls games which everybody has its own niche following and it was he teamed up with george rr martin from the game of thrones world to basically create this entire game series And they basically dropped this kind of saying, hey, Dark Souls meet Game of Thrones. Here you go. And then everyone sat for three years waiting to see if this game was real. And now it was announced and we got a full trailer and a lot of information dumped this week about Elden Ring being a real thing. It is here. They even gave it a release date of, I think, January of 2022. And it's like an open world Dark Souls game, which sounds really interesting. But then at the same time, I hear open world and it makes me me go, do I want to play this? Um, but seeing some of the trailers and some of this this the imagery and then the idea that George R. R. Martin really put together an entire like world and really kind of made everything made more make more sense. A lot of those Dark Souls games, I'm always like, I, I like to play a lot of them. And I'm just like, what is going on in this game? And he really seemed like, um, the, I guess the idea is, is that he came in and really kind of tied the story in and set it really up so that's something that's on my radar i don't know if it would be a day one because those games with the difficulty it's always hit or miss i usually end up getting them when they're cheaper and play them for the little bit but i always have a i always struggle to play with them for long term or really even get through them i just like the idea of them more than i think i like playing them (laughs) i feel that but yeah, it's that's... an intriguing it's an intriguing mashup of George R. R. Martin and and the Dark Souls creator. So, yeah, just that alone is enough to get you to you know perk your eyebrows up a little bit and make you pay attention to what's going on. So, yeah, that's that's a cool one. 
And then, and then I know you watched the trailer today, but what did you think? Because it was Xbox's full, it was their one more thing, their main event, what the last thing they showed on their show. But what did you think of Redfall coming out from uh, Arcane Studios, part of Bethesda? They kind of previously did Dishonored and Prey, and now they're being thrown in the spotlight. Um, but it's also part, half of the same studio that's doing the upcoming Time Loop game that's coming out on PS5 later this uh, in September. Um, but what did you think Death about Loop? Yeah, Death Loop, what I call it? I think you called it time loop, even though it's all time loop, but it's death loop. Death loop. Yeah. Death loop. Yeah. Um, but Redfall is coming out from Arcane Studios. What did What did you think about that one? Did, what did that uh, Did that kind of look like something? Like I said, yeah, I, I know you don't got an Xbox, but just curious. Yeah, it looks it looks interesting because, well, one there's it wasn't a game, another not a gameplay trailer. It was just a like a reveal trailer kind of like to get you hyped uh i felt like watching it two two minutes or however long that reveal trailer was i felt like i was just watching an episode of love death and robots <laughs> right like, yeah it was it was like pretty much an episode of love death and the robots right there uh but it was cool i liked the different characters and the i read into the game and um it being like a co-op vampire hunter game it sounds very cool and this studio <clears throat> sounds uh arcane is it arcane yeah uh, they sound like a studio that's been really up and coming, but just people haven't been buying their games. Everyone seems to love the games that they do make, but like nobody like really buys the games when it comes down to it. So this game being uh, a Game Pass game could kind of bring them into the forefront if it's if it's worth it, if it's a fun game. Uh, so yeah, it piqued my interest. Like I said, no gameplay to watch, but the trailer was fun. I like the four different characters. I like when they make unique uh characters that are different from each other and they kind of mash them into this ragtag group of teaming up to fight whoever so that was cool yeah, it looked, the diversity, it looks fun. The diversity yeah. seeing the vampires uh that one girl in there who could like had tele- telekinesis powers and i mean yeah. when she started like reloading her shotgun with the bullets floating and she had like the pink thing that looked really cool <laughs> And then it was like, if she has that power, why would you want to be anybody else? She, she seems yeah. like the most powerful one. Yeah, she seems a little OP. So I'd be curious. Yeah. I'm curious to see gameplay. I do sometimes get a little bored seeing all of the... Um, oh, just the, the CGI trailers. Because you're just like, you can make yeah. that look like anything. And yeah, it looks cool. But what does the game look like? Like, I have no idea what that game's going to look like or what it's going to play right. like. And I'm like, show me some gameplay. And I understand that that game's out. I think they're talking like next year, next you know holiday season or something. So they got over a year. And I'm sure we'll see some gameplay as the year progresses. But yeah, sometimes nowadays you get these CGI trailers. And I'm like, this doesn't show me what the game is. And it's hard to get super amped for it. Like, I don't know. I'm intrigued by the premise. But now mm-hmm. I need to see some gameplay to know if it's something I'm even going to want to play. Yeah, that's the that's like the purpose of all those trailers is that's all they do is just to get you hyped without like well we don't really have anything to show you but here's here's like just so you know what the game is about and like see if we can get you interested in that way it's the same thing they do like i watched the starfield trailer too like bethesda's game that was no gameplay like a minute of just a cgi movie kind of thing you know yeah, and even that, like I said, I notoriously do not like Bethesda games. Yeah. Um, at least they're RPGs. I don't. I never got into Skyrim. I never got into you know any of the Elder Scrolls games. I never got into Fallout. I've tried all of them, 
and I just don't, I honestly, the other day I was literally playing Elder Scrolls online because part of my Microsoft rewards was play an hour of Elder Scrolls online. And I couldn't even get an hour through it. I was so just, it's just not for me. I do not like that style of game, that glitchiness. It's just, I don't like the way that those games played. Honestly, I turned it on while we were playing Warzone last night and I just had <laughs> it sitting on in the background and that's how I got my hour. I just had the game, I just had it on and I got my like 75 Microsoft points just yeah. with the game. I couldn't even play an hour of it. So even Starfield, I'm like, I'm intrigued by the space idea, but I know it's going to be a Bethesda game and I don't like Bethesda RPG games. So it's hard for me to get too excited for it. Once again, the idea that if I have Game Pass at that point next November, the idea of turning it on, yeah, I'll probably turn it on and download it and try it. But it's hard for me to be excited. And I know I wouldn't pay 60 bucks for it just because I don't like, I'm known for not liking Bethesda games. I'm kind of like you and you've said before, like comic books for comic books, like when they start going to space, you kind of get turned off a little bit. Like that's for me with video games. Like when it's like super like space, I'm just like, uh, I don't know. I like things that are just more like ground level, not, the stars and planets and shit even though i played a, we play a bunch of destiny but that yeah. was just like because we were playing together mostly that was a good um, shooter though like the shooting right. mechanic <clears throat> destiny is phenomenal right. so i mean we don't do i know what the story of destiny is no i don't know <laughs> right. what's going on i don't get the, the ships like i don't know what's going on but i'll shoot some aliens with my friends yeah it's always whenever they get make space video games i just find it all very complicated and and uh i don't know so interesting i'm interested from what i saw but yeah i just wanted to bring that one up too no i i agree and i think the last one we probably should bring up because anybody who pays really attention to video games that's still listening to us because anybody who's not a video game person probably already left us but um (laughs) welcome for all the video game people who are still sticking around uh breath of the wild 2 i don't know how we can't really not i think it's a good way to close this uh conversation even though i think the majority of the things that i would say might get people to turn us off anyway um but i know you were sending me tweets going breath of the wild 2 might be time to get a switch so what did you think of that trailer i'm assuming you you watched that one i didn't throw a link in our in our little timeline here you didn't throw a link did you throw a zelda in our little timeline (laughs) did you throw a ganon in our little um no it it from what they had it was just a very short little clip of some gameplay but it looked fun um zelda to me has always been a game that i haven't played enough of i don't feel like throughout my life because i haven't always had all all the nintendo systems i've skipped uh i've skipped them over time you know this play this video game renaissance in my life i feel like has just restarted maybe over the past however you know handful of years when i got my ps3 uh even I didn't play that a lot, but PS4, I started playing heavy and now I'm, I feel like I'm playing more than I used to. So now I'm, I'm starting to be like, oh man, all these games I missed and, and Zelda is all, is one of those where I've passed on a few games, but this, it looked fun to me. And I know a lot of people liked Breath of the Wild. I talked to you a little bit about it and I know you have your thoughts on it, but it seems like a well-regarded game and like kind of like a modern open world Zelda that people have always been like, man, Zelda would work perfect like that. And and this kind of seems like that's the route they're going. And it looked like a beautiful game. <clears throat> it still has like that trademark Nintendo look to it, you know, um, where it's not like, super, I don't know. It's a hard way for me to explain it, but like the graphics don't look, they still look cartoony, but like realistic at the same time. Yeah. 
And, and I think that's cool for, for that kind of game and that kind of open world and world building. So, um, if anything's going to get me to buy a Nintendo switch pro, if that ever gets announced or comes out, um, I'm sure that would be one of the games. Get me some Zelda action going. What are your, yeah. what were your thoughts on it? It's confusing for me. <clears throat> um, like I said, I do have a switch. I love my switch. I always end up with a Nintendo system. I probably will to the end of time. Um, I have a Nintendo kid, you know, that was my jam. I was not a Sega kid. I was a Nintendo kid, had my super Nintendo, had my N64, had my GameCube. I mean, I followed, I have a Wii U sitting here, you know, I've literally gotten all of them for better or worse. And, um, and I've enjoyed them. And I've honestly, I think there's, I'd have to really dig down deep to see if it's true, but I'm pretty sure I bought every Zelda game at some point, mm-hmm. whether I have it, I mean, I feel like I've bought in several. I know I bought Wind Waker twice because I have it sitting on the Wii U and the GameCube. I And when it comes out on the Switch, is rumored to be coming out later this year, I might buy it again. You know, it's just I really enjoy the Zelda games. Um, Skyward Sword HD is coming out in July, and there's I can say whatever I want now, but when it comes out and we hit that like week before and I see that marketing push for it, I can't say I'm not going to buy it because I just, um, I missed that one. I I bought it and I played a little bit, but it came out right at the end of the Wii and it was just, I just didn't get it. Um, But Breath of the Wild was different because they changed the formula of the Zelda game and made it that open world. And, you know, Miyamoto, the guy who created Zelda kind of said, I played Grand Theft Auto five and said, I want to do this with Zelda. And that's pretty much what he did. My problem with it was it's so open and you just spend so much time running around. And I just, it's really hard. Like you just run into enemies and I'm trying to fight them and I just keep dying. And then it's just one of those things where you can go do whatever. And they kind of are like, these are the main areas you're supposed to go. But then it's like, do stuff along the way to power yourself up. But I'm like, well, what am I supposed to do? Because I just run from point A to point B. And if I don't stop anywhere along the way to power myself up, then I'm underpowered by the time I get to where I need to go. And the way I play open world games is not, I don't like to explore. I want to push through and I want to know the story and I just want to be taken on a path. I'm a lot more of a linear person. I really enjoy games that are just like, here you go. You know, this is the story. This is where you go. I don't mind a little openness. And, you know, I loved Spider-Man. I mean, if you give me a populated open world where stuff's fun to do, this one is just like, you know, they'll give me towers, you know, or what do they call them? Shrines. And you're supposed to do all these shrines that are scattered around the world to power yourself up. But the thing is, is you get to a shrine and sometimes I'm like, I don't know what to do here. Like, it'll be a puzzle. And if I can't solve the puzzle, then I don't know what to do. And I spend all this time trying to solve this puzzle. And then I end up just like looking up YouTube to try to figure out. It just kind of became a thing. It just felt like a chore. I've tried. I've started it over like four times. I want to start. I want to jump back in again just because I saw this too. And I know it's such a beloved game, but I just really struggle with it. I'm almost more excited for Skyward Sword to come out on the Switch in July because I know that that's a more traditional Zelda game. Yeah. So it's 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 a thing where I'm excited for it, but I really feel like it's going to be the first Zelda game I'm not really going to jump at day one as I have with every other one because I I do enjoy playing those games, and it's this one where I'm like I did not enjoy Breath of the Wild, so unless I hear about a lot of difference is in it or at least more to explore, the world to me was so empty, and it just wasn't. I just felt like I was just running just just running along the countryside and then my stamina would get full and I'd get tired and I'd have to start walking. And it just <laughs> felt like I was just trying constantly. It was kind of like Red Dead Redemption 
where, mm-hmm. you know, to run across the map, it took you 20 minutes. That's just what it felt like. It took, felt me forever to get anywhere. Nothing happened in between unless I really went off the beaten path and I don't, I don't go off the beaten path. So it's, so it's open a weird... world, open world, but a little too open world. To me, it was too open. Like, you have to have that population like Spider-Man. There was always something to do. I've been playing Far Cry. There's always something to do like right along my path, you know? So yeah, if I go off the beaten path, I might find some cool stuff. But they throw some stuff at me along the way, too, where they're like, oh, here's this character who's going to tell you about this, like, outpost that's just 200 meters this way. So, yeah, you know, you know what? It's just right there. Let me go and conquer this outpost real quick, and then I'll jump back on my path. And you kind of, there's always stuff going on to, like, bring you in. Spider-Man was that way, where it's like you'd be going and all of a sudden, like, crime in progress. Well, that, that it's right there. Let me just go do it real quick, and then I'll go back to the story. And Zelda was just, I was just running. And I'd be like, oh, yeah. there's some goblins over there, but they're just going to kill me, so why go mess with them? They yeah. did the other thing that I always hated in video games is I hate breakable weapons. So it's like you get a couple hits, and all of a sudden they're like, your weapon is damaged. And then all of a sudden you're just standing there with nothing, and you're getting killed because your weapon broke. Your sword <laughs> broke. And like literally every weapon is breakable, and I don't like breakable weapons. I don't like when they make you, that's my problem with Skyrim, when they make it where you're, you're over-encumbered when you carry too much stuff. I like to right. just carry everything. When you give me a backpack, it's one thing if you do it like Resident Evil where you have so many spots and you're trying to Tetris your stuff in there and you can only carry what you can carry. That's cool. You know, it brings you, you know, some things where you're like, oh God, I can't carry it. My bag's full. But like sometimes you're playing an RPG and like you're looting and you're grabbing stuff. I don't want my pockets to get full. Yeah, Skyrim, they, be... they should be what? No, I was just going to say it should be unlimited. It should be unlimited yeah. in games like that. Like don't make me think about... What I there's too much stuff going on. Don't make me yeah. think about too like how how deep my backpack is. Yeah, in Skyrim they make you carry stuff and then they go, oh, you're over encumbered, so they'll let you still carry, it, but then you can't run because your your bag's too heavy. Yeah, and then I'm like, what am I supposed to do? No, I'm not. This is not. It's like video games that make you eat. I don't want to eat. <laughs> your character's you hungry. He's yeah. weak because he's hungry. No, I I've tried to play that Metal Gear Survive game where you had to like eat and defecate and sleep. And I was just like, and then if you drank water, I drank water and it was, I didn't boil the water first. So then I poisoned myself. So every like 20, every 30 seconds, my character would stop to vomit. Yeah. I was like, no, I, I just want to, I just want to, I just want to run through and save people. Don't make me eat and shit and sleep. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. hundred <laughs> percent. So like I said, not that breath of the wild two is going to make you shit, but um it was it was kind of cool so i mean i'm interested in i know a lot of people are excited about it i can't say i won't still end up getting it because i have a problem but i'm it's i know it's not for me (laughs) but i'm still down for you to get a switch because you know i would love to play some mario kart with you i would love to play um some of these beat-em-up retro beat-em-up games um the switch has got a ton of fun shit that i think we would have a blast playing so I'm, i'm i'm all for you getting a switch man yeah, that's. I'm sure that's still in the cards, especially with the announcement, like I said, of the Pro, um, <clears throat> to feel like I'm not, like, too far behind in the life of a system, yeah. even though, you know, you never know when that's going to happen either, when they'll be like, we have something, uh, our next gen, gen system is ready too, but who knows. Uh, yeah, hey, but that, I'm sure that's still in the card. They announced Mario Party with full online support, so we can do some Mario Party parties. It's-a me! Mario Party. But I think <laughs> that's going to wrap us up this week. I think that's enough. I don't think you got any, any more hits that you want to hit on E3? Any other games that we missed? 
Uh, I don't think so. I think that we pretty much covered all the big ones. It was cool to see, uh, you know, just the direction of where some of these studios and games are going. It's uh, like we talk about, it's an exciting time to be an MCU fan. If you like video games, you know, it's an exciting time for you too. a lot of fun stuff on the way. Uh, and you know, they didn't even cover any of the Sony stuff. So that's a whole, that's a, you know, a bunch of different stuff too, to be excited about. So it's a fun time to be a fan of the old video game. Absolutely. I'm, <clears throat> I'm getting into it more and more every day with these new systems. and I'm really enjoying what we got so far. And speaking of a lot of fun stuff coming, Don and I are hard at work. We got a lot of stuff. We're about to launch our YouTube page for Raise the Geek, where we're hoping to have some good content over there. We're also looking at possibly getting into starting to do some game streaming, speaking of games. So we're looking at some of our options between YouTube and Twitch and trying to do some of that as well. So hopefully we can get some of our gaming sessions that we talk about here on the show. We can start sharing them with you guys and some tips and tricks and whatever we got going on. I think that would be a good time. Um, right now make sure you're following us over at twitter at raise the geek and if you have any questions comments concerns definitely hit us up at raise the geek at gmail.com or head on over to our anchor page you can leave a voicemail and if it's good enough it might make the show and last and not but not least make sure you're liking subscribing following and reviewing our show on all podcasts and social media services we're always looking for those five stars Give us those five stars, baby. We love them. We love them. But I think that's going to wrap us up this time. So we'll be be back next week with our uh, Sweet Tooth finale talk, as well as our limited series Loki number three talk after uh, that'll be coming on Sunday. So lots of content coming down the pipeline. I'm super excited. We got it all for you guys. Got it all. We're watching all kinds of stuff. So (laughs) I think that's going to wrap it up. So until next time, I'm Chris. And I'm Don. And thanks for listening to the Raise the Geek podcast, where we all speak geek.